When I think about life and I think about success, I think the only true success is significance. And so I believe that our lives are to positively impact the lives of other people. And if this is happening throughout the world, then we don't really have to worry about taking care of ourselves because there's going to be so many other people who are showing up to participate and pour into us. I think the people who have the biggest dreams are often those who have everybody coming to them because they see them as the source. And they're looking for them to solve this problem or provide the resource or whatever else may be requested of them. But I want to pull that back and say, do you have mutually beneficial relationships? This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 198 with the founder of Myers Methods, Jerome Myers. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Girls and guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, connector of amazing people and great ideas. And joining me as co-host in this session is Andy Dix, coach for executives, founders, idealists, and social entrepreneurs. This is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So just a couple of episodes left here to the season finale and We'll be wrapping up with a, a bit of a bang for you guys. I have to admit, uh, I have some pretty awesome chats lined up for you. Uh, I feel we'll leave you all in a, in a great place going forward until we return for uh, season six. And recently, I had the chance of connecting with today's guest after hearing about the great work he's been doing from uh, past guest Justin Breen. And for a little context, uh, if you didn't get to hear the interview with Justin himself, Justin actually spent roughly two years really ironing out his business to what it is today. And he later wrote about uh, this journey in his book, Epic Business. And uh, really, you know, I believe that this transition is is nothing less than epic for each individual who moves uh, from the social norm to one which is much more freeing and rewarding. And just like uh, an actual epic journey, it can be just as scary and, and take just as much courage. So today's guest is someone who regularly helps people like Justin move from a successful career in the nine to five corporate world to one where they've embraced who they are and and using their their own superpowers at the next level. And in this session, we're going to be talking to Jerome Myers, who actually has a brand based on taking the red pill from the matrix. More specifically, we'll be learning where he got the interest to get into real estate investing how to make sure our dreams don't become nightmares and how he feels society is doing people a disservice from letting them live their own hero's journey. But first, let's talk a little bit about my free resource, Uncover Your Personal Mission, 
And as we have this conversation with Jerome, you'll learn that we all have the true version of ourselves pent up inside us. And the truth is we can unleash that true version when we're doing the work that fascinates and fulfills us. And the truth is a big part of accomplishing meaningful work in life is realizing what's important to you and how you can impact those around you. And in fact, that's where most get into trouble. You know, society tends to make us focus on earning and spending money so that we can pay the bills and have nice things. However, it really doesn't tell us the best way to earn that income or more to the point, actually, uh, how we as individuals should earn it. Finding what you should be doing in your, your own journey requires you to actually dig a little deeper and it requires you to find your purpose, your passion and your specific process. And just like when you're traveling, if you don't know where you are, then it's going to be hard to get where you want to be. And if you think of making money as a road to where you want to go, doesn't it make sense to make sure that the road takes you specifically to the right destination? If in fact that makes sense to you, then uh, yeah, you'll probably appreciate my my resource, uh, Uncover Your Personal Mission. It is just really my goal when I wrote it to help you figure out where you're at. And if and in it, you'll find questions that will help you find your passion, your purpose, and your process. And that way, you know, you don't get lost trying to be someone else when you're building your your own business. Uh, you can grab it for free at newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. Let's make sure that you get started on your new path the right way. So before we get started, remember you too can get on, on the conversation, share with us where you're getting from the discussion today on social media and feel free to actually take a picture and uh, show us where you're at. And also be sure to leave a comment on wherever you're listening to the show on. Again, my Favorite player still to this day is CastBox for Android and iOS, and is probably one of the most robust players uh, I've seen, at least currently on the market. However, if you, you know, if you choose to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it'll actually get you uh, featured in an upcoming session because at least I can actually find the uh, the comments there. And while you're at it, regardless of whichever platform you're using, you know, subscribe and really just share this episode with someone you think will will appreciate it. You know, there's definitely some folks out there that you know need to hear today's conversation and, and doing sending this conversation to them will will certainly help them out. So also remember, uh, if you need help in scaling your business, drop us a message at heyguys at newinceptions.com with any of your questions or ideas, concerns, et cetera. Uh, whether you need advice or simply a strategic introduction to other amazing people, always game to help people out there as well. Uh, show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 198. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Guys and gals, welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston and Andy Dix, coach of executives, founders, and idealists, and also host of the Hopeful Hoosier podcast. Andy, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great, JC. It's great to be back with you. You know, we're rapidly approaching uh, the big day, and that is the uh, middle of February when most people actually give up on their New Year's resolutions and admit that it was just too hard and stop trying to change and revert back to their old behavior. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it, though, because I, I have been losing weight using a well-known two-letter program, and I'm about 29 pounds lighter, and mm. it's wonderful very excited about it, but you know, I'm a big food snob. 
Right. And so I've got a hot pick for you because I my my oldest daughter turned me on to something. She's also doing the program. And we found this this wonderful thing at uh, Aldi supermarket, Park Street Deli's brownie batter dessert hummus. Wow. Who knew, right? It's right. 30 calories per tablespoon and it is like sticking your spoon into brownie mix without the guilt and it's wonderful and it's a joy and so that is what's keeping me on the program is every once in a while i can go get a tablespoon of uh dessert hummus of all things and it's wonderful so take it from the food snob stick with your plan and good things can happen and you can uh, live that life you're proud of. There you go. How's that for a promotion for the show? Uh, you know, I like that. And is there anywhere that uh, people can look to uh, find out more about uh, the particular diet or, or uh, program that you're using? It is the Nationwide WW program. Oh, Formerly okay. Weight Watchers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Formerly Weight Watchers. Been using the app. And, you know, it's very, very simple. Count your hmm. points, watch what you put, uh, you know, keep your points where you're supposed to be and, and you can actually do it. And this is the first time I've, you know, as a mature adult, let's say, yeah. um, that I've actually found a program that I can not only tolerate and live with, um, but actually works really, really well without having to completely change everything you do. I don't feel like I've been hungry and starving myself or anything else. And, and it's. It's really been a good thing, especially sequestered as long as we've been, you know, where I feel like I'm just chained to the refrigerator all day long. Yeah. Because I don't leave. So yeah. that's been, it's been a struggle. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of makes actually a good segue into our conversation today because, uh, yeah, people, you know, more people are working remotely and more people are trying to, to figure out new ways of you know, just doing things and, and living life differently. And part of that, you know, is creating income as we're really dealing with the after effects of the pandemic. And, and I would say like this, call this right now, part two, uh, the transition stage, because, you know, we've really already had that, that first, like dealing with the reality stage. Now we're moving into the transition. And then the next step is, you know, the new normal, so to speak, or, well, I've, I hate that. I hate that phrase. The the pandemic adjusted economy. We'll call it that. And you know, I feel that there's a, a lot more people out there who are looking for permission to try something new. And you know, they've they've had the realization that the old way, you know, isn't necessarily coming back anytime soon. However, because the nine to five world is so ingrained into society into our culture, there's still a lot of people who are not only looking for new ways to make income but you know in a way uh, i think they're looking for validation and what they're doing is okay you know they're looking for quote-unquote permission air quotes there from from their from their peers and unfortunately uh for them not everyone is actually going through the hard times right now and in fact a lot of jobs have gotten somewhat easier due to being able to, to work remotely and so that validation might be somewhat hard to come by. And if you're a fan of the show, uh, you know that it's been a, pr a purpose of the show to uh, give really the audience, you guys, perspective on what others have done to get out of their nine to five. But maybe that hasn't exactly been the problem for you. Maybe 
you just haven't seen yourself stepping out of your comfort zone because you have too much writing on your success in the traditional career world. Uh, maybe it's because you have a certain lifestyle that you're used to. Maybe, perhaps it's because you know you have a family that you have to support, and maybe you're really good at your career and just don't want to deal with any uncertainty. Uh, you know, maybe it's a combination of all the above. So today, I'm proud to have on someone I think is definitely in your shoes. If if what I just said is talking to you at all, uh, while my journey started while I was still in college, specifically in grad school. Uh, Jerome Myers, also known as Morpheus, you know, he started his new inception after building a life which included all the amenities of a successful career. After building a $20 million division, he had had enough and started out as a full-time real estate investor. Jerome can be found via his website at jeromemyers.co and via selection of podcasts, which include multifamily missteps, dream catchers, and compression. Jerome, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, JC. So grateful to be here with you guys today, Andy. Good to see you for the first time. and Just excited to have a great conversation with you and let your listeners kind of be flies on the wall with us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, again, I, I think there's a lot of folks that are seeking that external thumbs up, so to speak, of like, go for it. Because again, most of us have grown, grown up in a world that is like, this is what you have to do to be successful, right? So Jerome, let's, let's talk about your, back, your background a bit. You know, by all accounts, you had life made, you know, a lot of people in the world would have thought and might still yet think that you were crazy for jumping out of your previous career with a lifestyle that you had built on it. And uh, I really want to decompress that right here because I think a lot of people struggle with the fear of loss when they're thinking about actually going after something they feel a calling for or have a, a passion or a personal mission to do. So first off, did you grow up and around any mentors or impressionable people that gave you permission to do something else for a career other than a traditional day job? That's a really interesting question. And I think the short answer is I didn't have an example for that. So I'm going to say no. You know, dad mm -hmm. was my hero. He was mm -hmm. in the military and he worked Carolina half days. And that was kind of what I expected to do as an adult. Uh, I don't, my uncle was a business owner, but my mother wasn't ever super excited about it because there would be times where he didn't have enough money to pay all his bills. And so he would borrow money from my dad. And so that was mm. the view of entrepreneurship that I got. It was like, oh, well, only irresponsible people do that. So <laughs> I'm going to go with yep. no, just based on how important the model that my parents set for me was. And I can't think of anybody mm. who was that important or influential in my world. Wow. Wow. So basically what you're telling me is that if anything, you had even more of a reason to stay away from thinking outside the box, so to speak, simply because of, you know, that, that background, because again, a lot of when people are growing up, it kind of dictates as people get older where they feel that the the bounds of the game are, right? 
And so based on what you just said, your, your, your playing field is even smaller. It's just like, can't be out there. Cause you know, an entrepreneur is a, I think they said this one time and, and uh, home improvement, an entrepreneur is someone that's professionally unemployed. Yeah. So, so I, and I've been out of the game so long, I think I am unemployable. And if I could have been a stay at home dad, I probably would have been because I love my daughters to death, man. I, I just love hanging out with them. So tell me what it was like to actually have that, that transition. I mean, here again, here you are having this, this pretty much what all accounts for an awesome life. Where did you even get the idea that you wanted to, to get into the real estate investing? What gave you the initial spark there? Man, there's so many dots that I could connect, but I'll start with me and my buddy Duran sitting on the stoop and we're doing math. This is sophomore year of college and engineering students do that in their free time. I don't know why we're so weird, but I realized <laughs> that I was paying $395 a month and I had two roommates doing the same thing. And Duran and his two roommates were doing the same thing. We multiplied it out across the complex. The guy was making 700 grand a year. We never saw him. We had no idea how to get in contact with him because he had third-party property management running the property for him. And we're like, he's really figured out how to make money without ever being around to make the money. I was like, Mm-hmm. Oh, this is it. This is what we've been looking for. Because neither one of us really wanted to go get a job, right? When when you're in college, you got the freedom and you start thinking about uh, the grudgery of the grind. Uh, you're looking for every which way that you can not to go do that. And so, mm. but back to my upbringing, right? We didn't have any real estate entrepreneurs coming over to hang out for dinner with my dad and mom or any of that stuff. So... Right. We continue to follow the path that's charted. And since we were going to a great school, we got good jobs and we started our careers and I had a fast start. I was fortunate enough to break six figures when I was 26 and just continue to go down that path and more and bigger house and faster cars and more lavish vacations and just keep going. Right. Because that's what you're supposed to do. And then you look up and you realize, wait, I haven't built anything for myself. I've built stuff for other people. And mm. they decide that they're going to give me whatever they want to give me, right? There, there is no ownership. There is no equity. And so this point really hit home when after creating $6 million in profit for Fortune 550 in a division where I was employee number two, and we'd grown to 175 employees over the course of that year. And my reward for that was a $30,000 bonus and being told when I asked for a raise that I was already overpaid. That's when it hit. Mm. Right? I I'd yeah. spent all yeah. that time, the 60 hours a week, the the trips back and forth to all the different offices and project sites building wealth for this company who didn't value my contribution. To me, it's like when it comes down to it, a lot of people don't, and it's like they, they measure their, their success in life, I think by their title. Right. And I think you're seeing less of that today, but especially with the millennials, it's just funny to me how, 
you know, some companies will use their rock stars as indentured servants and, you know, be like, you know, this totally putting, you know, if they're already busy, they get busier, right? And it's because they're already doing a good job. Just give it to the pro. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, and from our side, the little guy's side, it's just like, yeah, they definitely don't appreciate me. Yeah. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, I, I wish I could romanticize this and make it feel better. But, you know, when people have to make a decision about money or promotion, that's when you find out what they really think of you. And you mm-hmm. see whether or not yep. your thoughts of your capabilities and contribution align with theirs. And if they don't, boy, does that hurt your feelings. Well, another thing, Jerome, is a a lot of folks were told during the pandemic that they were non-essential. And and that Mm. can rock somebody's world when you realize that, gee, the company doesn't even value me enough to think that I have to show up to work, that the company can, can, can continue on quite well without me. That's a scary place to be in. Uh, and, and so you, you kind of go by the, the name Amorpheus, uh, and, and we'll, we'll play on that, uh, matrix reference here just for a minute. So what do you think makes the red pill easy for some people to swallow while other people get choked and they just can't make that decision to, to get out from behind the cube? Yeah. So Let's go back. So Morpheus is a a Greek god, right? And Morpheus is a Greek god of dreams. And so I, I just don't want anybody to miss that because I think it's really important. It was popularized by the movie The Matrix, but that is the origin story of why I'm so interested in that name. I think as kids, we are told that we are supposed to live out our dreams. We can be anything we want to be, so on and so on and so on. And as we get older, we're told to be more practical and be realistic and do things that have a low probability of failure. And instead of encouraging us to do the things that we thought we could do when we were small. I think people choke on the red pill based on the fact that they don't actually want to live in the truth. And that's all the Mm. red pill is offering, is offering you the truth. And so if you don't want to understand how you really fit in this world, in other people's lives, then the red pill absolutely isn't for you. And you can take that blue pill and you can be fat, dumb, and happy. And then when somebody has to make a decision, the truth is going to set you free. I'd much rather have people live in truth the entire time so that they're making the decisions in alignment or in accordance with the world that they live in. It's absolutely terrifying for people to believe that they have job security when the buck doesn't stop with them. If somebody can walk in and tell you that you don't need it, you're not needed anymore, what do you do? Because majority of us have become so tied to our corporate identity that we have no idea what we would do if we didn't have that corporate identity. So what do you think 
if if somebody is that uh, person working for a W-2 and they have a dream, what would you say are two or three things that make a dream worth catching? Ooh. You put me in a very precarious situation, Andy. What I would offer is that the person who has the dream has to determine whether or not it's worthy. When I think about life and I think about success, I think the only true success is significance. And so I believe that our lives are to positively impact the lives of other people. And if this is happening throughout the world, then we don't really have to worry about taking care of ourselves because there's going to be so many other people who are showing up to participate and pour into us. I think the people who have the biggest dreams are often those who have everybody coming to them because they see them as the source. And they're looking for them to solve this problem or provide the resource or whatever else may be requested of them. But I want to pull that back and say, do you have mutually beneficial relationships? So the red pill isn't just a a nod to the matrix for us. It is our model for a centered life. And there's six levels. The first one is self-image, followed by relationship. Next is work, followed by health, prosperity, and then significance. The first three, relationships, self-image, and work, are the causes of all our stress. I call that the nucleus. If you can get those things under control, then you're less likely to have those self-destructive behaviors that adversely impact your health. And so we work on that core three initially, get people in a solid place so then you can take care of the health. The health happens before prosperity because we believe that if you have prosperity before health, your health will rob all your prosperity. And then mm-hmm. significance comes after prosperity because we believe that folks should give out of their abundance. I don't believe that you can give when you're trying to figure out where you're going to sleep or what you're going to eat. There are people who want to do that, but I don't think that's the right way. I think you got to put your mask on first. And then once you get solid and stable, then you give. Self-image, relationship, work, health, prosperity, significance. So you've got a pretty comprehensive model there that somebody can follow. And, and if they're thinking about it, though, uh, contemplating moving into this unknown space of entrepreneurship or uh, lifestylepreneur, what maybe three things would you suggest that a dream catcher could do to avoid having their dream become a nightmare? <laughs> I... I, you know what I, I call a dream that becomes a nightmare? When you aren't a dream catcher, you're just a dream chaser. You're perpetually trying to get to something and you never, ever get there. You, you don't ever get closure. I think the most important thing that anybody can do is make this statement when they decide that they have something worth pursuing. And it is simply this. I'm willing to do whatever it takes for however long it takes until I achieve this outcome. And it's at that point that you are acknowledging the fact that you're going to have to make some compromise or sacrifice in order to get the thing that you want. 
And until people acknowledge that, they aren't really on the path to actually succeeding or accomplishing the thing that they're setting out for. There is always a price of admission. It doesn't matter what you want. And the more that you want, the more that it costs. And if you're not willing to make the sacrifice and you've got this sacred cow that you're not willing to give up, that will usually be the exact thing that the dream requires of you in order for you to manifest it. So, uh, Jerome, um, as we were saying before the show, you have three ongoing podcasts. Uh, assuming you have a bit of a team there behind you to, in production of those. Um, first of all, why podcasting? Uh, why not, you know, sub YouTube channel or, or channels since that seems to be that the way that many people, you know, like to really you know, intake information these days. Yeah. So dream catchers, we're doing that and it's a pivot off of a failed idea. I was doing these calls every other Tuesday at 7 p.m. where people would come on and share their success story and we'd unpack how they actually accomplished the catching of their dream. And what would Mm -hmm. happen was we'd get a very small group and the people who didn't come didn't actually listen to the recordings. And so there wasn't as much research I thought there should be for the amount of sacrifice that was necessary to produce it. And so we pivoted Mm -hmm. and turned it into a podcast. And the goal of the podcast is simply to tell the story of people who have exited the matrix so that others have the social proof that their dreams should and can be real. Multifamily missteps came from me listening to 40 hours of content each week, trying to get educated on how to actually buy apartment buildings. And Mm. everybody was talking about how much money they made and they never made any mistakes. And I was going through this process and I was, it was like I was walking around in a dark room, bumping my knee and hitting my head on things that I couldn't see. And I was like, I can't be the only one, but if I am, I'm a failure, but I'm going to reach out to others and see if they are having these mistakes and if they'd be willing to share. And so multifamily missteps tells the story of, tells war stories from operators in the multifamily space. So we we come in, we do a root cause analysis on the thing that went wrong, figure out how much it costs to fix it and the processes that were put in place so that it won't happen again. In multifamily, I don't believe that we are, in multifamily, I don't believe that we are in competition I believe that a rising tide raises all boats and the better operators we can be, it's better for our peers as well as our residents. Yeah. And I think there should be more shows like that, to be honest. That's, I mean, it doesn't even have to be with multifamily real estate investing, just more, just more failure, entrepreneurial business ownership podcasts. I, I think so too, because at any point, On this journey, as a business owner, you're going to get hit in the mouth. And if you don't know that other people are having the same experience, you begin to feel like a failure. And it's just Mm -hmm. not real. You learn as you go and you make mistakes and you, you, you just make adjustments. But there's no reason for JC or Andy to make this exact same mistake I made. And if I can help them get around it, then that's what I want to do. And then the final podcast, Compression, is born out of a buddy of mine. He's actually a coaching client who said, hey, Jerome, I've 
done pretty impressive stuff over the past three years, which was about $100 million in real estate transactions, both for self and others in his brokerage. I want to compress those three years into one. And I want to bring people along for me on the ride and just watch how we condense this time and create extraordinary results using the frameworks that we've cultivated over the past few decades between us combined. And so, so would you say that both of those, those two are ones that you should probably start from the beginning? Compression is one that you absolutely need to start from the beginning. Dream catchers and multifamily missteps is episodic. They don't build. But compression is each week we're giving you a chapter of a book, and there's 52 chapters in this book. Okay. Excellent. Cool. Uh, another thing that you got going on is uh, Myers Methods and this is where you teach about the real estate space. Is there a specific uh, prerequisite that for people that are thinking about, you know, following you over there, what you're talking about over there? I think there has to be an interest in getting income from real estate. And maybe you don't know exactly how or what type, and we'll expose you to our approach. And if it makes sense for you, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, at least you know that you've explored that option. And so we teach people how to buy apartment buildings. We give them the exact process that we use in our business. And the goal is just to make sure that if Jerome and Duran were looking for a way to get into the space today, they had a path that's laid out in a network or community that they could connect with to help them get further faster. It took me mm. you know, close to two decades to come back to the place that I wanted to be when I was in college. And so if I had a path and been able to connect with other people, then I think I would have arrived at the destination a whole lot sooner. So Jerome, you work with people all the time to, to help them make this red pill choice. How about sharing some of those success stories of people who've been able to make that transition? Yeah, two come to mind, and I'll go to the one that's a little more altruistic because I just love this story. And so one of my friends from high school, he was a year ahead of me, went off to West Point, and he became an infantry officer. He was the leading tackler in the country his senior year, and he had an opportunity to go to the NFL. Instead of going to the NFL, he went and started his active duty. And he got sent to Iraq and Afghanistan. And while he was doing his last year at West Point, he had two of his best friends killed in action. And so mm. that was the reason why he forwent going to the NFL and started his active duty. So he had this dream of becoming a general. And he gets hurt while he's on a mission in Afghanistan. A grenade blows up. He gets medically discharged. And so now that dream is gone. His two best friends from college are gone. And he's sitting there in a space where he's like, well, what am I going to do? And so, you know, he goes and gets a job at 
a large oil company and doesn't find his solace there. And he leaves after getting his MBA from Tulane and goes to an elevator company in New York City. And one day in April, he calls me and he said, Jerome, I'm so tired of people complaining about their elevators. I quit. I quit my $150,000 job and I am going to go make a difference in my life. He says, Scotty and Emily passed away and I don't want them to die twice. I want to tell their story. He said, I don't know how, but I want to raise awareness about PTSD and complicated grief. I've been suffering from it. I've been to war. I've lost these people who mean the world to me. And sometimes at night, these folks show up in the mirror as I'm trying to get some sleep. And I just can't live this down anymore. And so I said, okay, let's go to work. And so he's created this amazing podcast and community all around the mantra of guards down, where our heroes need to put the guard down and actually start having conversations to normalize the fact that mental health is important and that people are hurting and give them an opportunity to get access to some support that actually works. because. A lot of the support that is offered is broken. And one great example is just some of the opiates they're given to kind of ease the anxiety that they have. And it's like, I don't want to feel like a zombie. And so there's got to be other ways that this happens. And I don't believe that every culture grieves or heals the same way. And so he's on this quest to help people, one, put a face with this silent killer. I think if you look at the number of uh, suicides with veterans, it's, it's spiked. And he he wants to make sure that no more people lose their lives because they're sick and they don't have anywhere to go get help. And so he's got the podcast. He's going to walk from... Mississippi to West Point, New York, later in 2021. He's going on different podcasts as a guest. He's created this community where they have game nights and they have uh, video game tournaments. And he's offering counseling and coaching services to folks who are actually at the space where they're ready to move to that next thing. And he's developed this really crazy model that's got really three phases to it. And so after a traumatic event happens, people go into a place that he calls the valley. And they're going through and they're trying to figure things out. And once they hit the bottom, it's usually this plea for help. And this was where people have the biggest risk for suicide. And then on the backside of that, there's a thing called the mountain, right? And you're climbing this thing and you're using your grit to get out of that hole, right? And you're climbing up the mountain and then there's the summit where you find your greatness. And on that summit, you figured out this thing while you were climbing up the mountain, the experimentation that every entrepreneur goes through. And then once you figure it out and it starts working, you're actually helping the people that you are uniquely qualified to help. And that's where you actually meet your success. If we go back to the red pill model, 
right? And so now you're living a life of significance and you're helping people get out of their valley or climb their mountain. And once we give those people that that purpose or help them find that purpose, then they are absolutely able and excited to live. I think a lot of people, when they go through these traumatic experiences, they lose their voice. And so my friend Greg Washington is doing everything he can to give them their voice back. And, you know, that right there is something I can get super excited about in a mission because you guys asked earlier, what's, what's a dream worth pursuing? This is one that just invigorates me because I think we've got all these folks who give their youth to the military and then they're forgotten about when they come back from war. And I think we are doing them a grand disservice by not addressing the needs for mental health. And we tell them, hey, just rub some dirt on it. Keep going. It'll be okay. And it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like a couple of aspects of your story. Number one, I could hear the uh, sort of the the underpinnings of your red pill model there as you as you walked us through his journey and he was getting uh, various aspects of his life put together, pieces of the puzzle, so to speak. But what I like most about it, and I think this is fairly common, and see if you agree, is he had first this dream of being in the NFL, then he was going to be a general in the military was his big dream. But those were sort of inward focused for for himself. But his real dreams ends up being the sum of all of his experiences, and it's outward focused. And that's really what what I would assume you you term as significant. It's going to be lasting and it's going to be satisfying as he's going to be using all of those experiences he's had in order to help other people. Would, would you agree? 3,000%. We tend to do, we tend to go to the things that we can do for ourselves first. And then in that, we find our story. And if we're bold enough to take our mask off and show our face, then that's when we actually get to serve the people who are counting on us to actually create that dream and make it a reality. You know, one of the things I was actually listening to uh, sometime this week, someone was talking about the 12 stages of the the hero's journey, right? And, you know, if you look at, like, as your friend is potentially being a, a Luke Skywalker of sorts, because obviously with the whole original three Star Wars movies, that was the really just the the whole great example of the hero's journey as you were going through his story i was just like yep that's that part that's that part and that's that part and unfortunately i i think uh we as a society have kind of taken that away from from individuals of going through their own journey like that what what do you what do you think i think the hero's journey is the model for Everyone who's going to do something significant. And if you don't have those Mm -hmm. elements of the story, you're going to lose the attention of the people that you want to help. I think regardless of how good your model is, if you don't entertain people enough to keep them interested long enough for you to deliver the medicine, then Mm -hmm. you have nothing. And at the end of the day, like, obscurity is the reason why the business fails. If people don't know you, they can't do business with you. And sure, you can want to do this altruistic thing, 
But eventually, there's going to need to be some money that pays for it. And this seed that's planted in you to grow this dream isn't going to put everybody on fire the same way that it puts you on fire. And so if you don't create a model that's self-sustaining, then you're totally beholden to people who may or may not be as excited about your dream as you are. And there's nothing that I think a person can experience as painful as having this idea concept dream that they can't manifest because other people don't believe in them. So based on your own personal journey, like what are what are a handful of things that people really need really, really, really need to to know before they consider making the leap from having the successful nine to five to completely doing well, not completely doing it on their own, but essentially doing their own thing. Yeah, so I did it completely the wrong way, right? I walked out cold turkey, had no income, had to start all the way over. We created a 15-point checklist that's available at www.dreamshouldbereal.com for people who are interested in going on this journey. And it also will take them to a place where they can do a exit the matrix readiness assessment. But the one that I think is most important is the people who are going to be impacted by your decision. Have you given them opportunity to express their thoughts about it? Not because it's going to drive or govern what you do, but because it gives them opportunity to say their piece. At the end of the day, people just want to be heard. And if you're a contributor to the income of the household, then you know you exiting is kind of a big deal and you need to make sure that you give them a voice. I think the second thing is, do you have an idea that you've proved can monetize? It's great to have this thing that you want to do, but if you can't figure out how to make money off of it, you're probably not going to be able to spend your time doing it because money's like air. Eventually, you get really focused on it and the need to make it if you run out, right? And so we want to make sure that you can monetize your concept. And I think the last thing is you need to know how much money you actually need. And I I know two of these, or really all three of these are, are tied to money, but let's be real. If you didn't have a money problem, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You're doing what you're doing because you've got to create some income. And this is the story that I tell pretty regularly, and I'll share an abbreviated version here. I told my mom I wanted to be a trash man when I was little. Lonnie came down the street one day. He was hanging off the back. He grabbed the trash can on the front yard, threw it in a trash truck, and he did the most important thing of the day for me, and that was he pulled the lever, JC. And when he pulled the lever, I went crazy because it came down and it crushed the trash. And I was like, this is outstanding. And I looked at my mom and said, mom, I want to be a trash man. I want to be like Lonnie. And she said, baby, you you don't want to be a trash man. It's not going to afford you the lifestyle that you want to live. She was 3,000% correct. It, it, it couldn't. Mm. But I wanted the lifestyle, right? I wanted the Nikes. Right. I wanted the car. I wanted the nice house. And I also wanted to be off so that I could hang out with my kids. I wanted to have freedom from having to go to a specific place at a specific time to do a specific thing. I wanted my money to come from an income stream, not from a job. 
But she she didn't have the words to share that with me. She told me I needed a job in order to create the lifestyle that I wanted. I needed an income stream and everybody needs an income stream. That solves your money problem. That gives you your time freedom. When you have your time freedom, then you can do whatever you want. And so you've got to figure out how to solve your money problem. And whether you are living paycheck to paycheck or not, you have a money problem. You've got to generate income. And so I want, I I don't disregard that. I'm somebody who made quite a bit of money early on in my life. I know what it's like to grow your lifestyle because you're making money. And I know what it's like to have people around you who don't want to go backwards in lifestyle because you don't want other people to think that that's bad or whatever. So I say all that to say, you know, you want to get input from the folks that's going to be impacted by your change. You want to make sure that you've got this proven idea so that you can actually figure out what's actually something that you can get to. And then you want to know how much money you actually need because just because somebody makes $150,000 gross, they don't get to spend that. And if you make even more than that, you're in the top tax bracket and half of your money is going to taxes, right? But I just want to make the math mm-hmm. super simple because I think this really just drives the point home. You make 150, let's assume you're in a top tax bracket. So 50% of your money goes to taxes. $75,000, right? You did some savings. So let's call that 20,000. So now you're down to 55,000. $55,000 of income is what you potentially spend in, but do you really have to spend that much? Probably not. So let's take that f- about $5,000 a month and say, you can figure out how to cut two of that. So now you're down to $3,000. I think most people can live off of $3,000 of income a month initially. And so now you don't have to spend that 40 hours a week going to get a paycheck. You can pour it into the thing that's making $3,000 a month and then scale that to something that maybe makes $30,000 a month. And now you're making even more money than you did when you had the job and you're actually doing something that's fulfilling. How can you not do that? So how does someone make their job instead of working for somebody else, making their job, making revenue streams for their family? What's that mindset shift look like? I think you're looking for businesses, right? I, I pride myself on being the M&A guy who never went to M&A school, right? Mergers and acquisitions. I buy businesses and in buying those businesses, I'm buying them because they have a revenue stream attached to them. Because I've got a process improvement background, Six Sigma Master Black Belt, I feel like I can go into that business and improve the efficiency. And when I improve that efficiency, I grow the valuation of the business, but I also grow the net operating income. Stack all those things together and you've got an opportunity to create immense wealth because you grow the valuation and you also have some cash flow along the way. And so if you're interested in being a business owner, which I think is the way that you actually get free, instead of rushing to the investor quadrant, because that's what everybody tells you you need to do. If you're looking at Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, right? He's got the employee, mm-hmm, self-employed, mm-hmm. business owner, investor. If you're not independently wealthy, if you're not an accredited investor, you don't need to be in the investor quadrant. You need to be buying businesses so that you can create income for you to use 
now or for you to reinvest in the business so that the revenue stream grows. Then you can sell that later and invest that money. But now you've got a number that's big enough. Look, people are talking about putting $10,000 into an account. If you get 10%, you did well. That $1,000 isn't going to do anything for you over the course of a year. You need to take that $10,000, put it into a business, have the business return a bigger revenue stream because it's going to grow faster than any investment you'll ever do. And you being the operator hopefully allows you to do that. And then once you make the billion worth a million dollars plus, then you take that and you bring that back and you invest that. And so now you get 10% on a million dollars and you got $100,000 a year. That's way bigger than the 36,000 I was talking about surviving off of. And I think if you live reasonably, that's more than enough to be free. And what's the the dollar ticket, the nest egg that someone needs in order, in your opinion, to start this journey to live to be free? What's what's the amount they need to get started? Yeah, so on our checklist, we encourage people to have a minimum of nine months of their expenses and savings, right? And then if you have a capital investment on top of that, then we want you to have some additional on top. That nine months is your runway. That nine months is, I got to get this plane off the ground so that it's producing enough revenue to keep me from running into the trees. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you have got a lot of revenue streams working for you. What what do you think is the future dream that you're going to pursue? Yeah, I want to help 100 people get out of jobs they're not passionate about. That is my absolute goal in life. My goal is to help people exit the workforce and do the thing they're most passionate about by, for a lot of them, investing in multifamily real estate. Yeah, I can think of a few people right now that I want to make introductions for you with that are kind of in that same mind frame. Not so much the the multi-family residential stuff, but definitely the uh, just the the numbers and the you know everything that you were just talking about before that last question. It just was just like, huh, yeah, that's good stuff. And I, I've I've had a few guests on here that I, I think that you'd, you'd like to get to know. Uh, before we get to that, uh, let's end today's conversation. And the way that we normally do that is uh, going through the rapid fire question segment. And really, you know, we'll give you the questions to you quickly, but you can give as much context and, and perspective as you want to as you're answering the question. So, first question is, and this is my favorite question because I always like to get to know more about, you know, who were mentors or who had some of the, the input into who people are, uh, who are your top three influencers or teachers that have helped you get to where you're at today? I guess I could take two slots by talking about my parents, but I'll put them together and say they're one unit and they by far are my greatest examples and the people who have just poured so much of themselves into me that I have to be the best possible human being I can be. I would then go to my partner who believed in me when I was making this transition and was willing to support me in any way I needed her support. 
so that I could successfully transition into a life that actually has significance and meaning for me. And, you know, it's crazy, but my two little girls have taught me so much about life. I, I remember when Kaya, she's a thumb sucker and she was, I don't know, two. And she wanted to crawl, but got frustrated. So she would put her thumb in her mouth and then she tried to crawl with one hand and it just wouldn't work. And she just taught me so much about like how soothing yourself keeps you from moving forward. And among with, among all these other questions and lessons that we've just discovered in our exploration and their growth, you know, they're 11 and Leah's eight now. And so, you know, they, they have just taught me so much it, it, from being a great human being to just being inquisitive and experiencing life in its fullest. And so, you know, those those are the people that are closest to me and, and they've just taught me so much. And so those would be the three. So what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I've ever received is that your dreams should be real. And I want your listeners to hear that, like your dreams should be real. And now that you've heard me say it, you are absolutely responsible for that. You can't unhear it. And if you don't want somebody to tell you your dreams should be real, there's something broken in your world. In the last several years, what's something that you've become good at saying no to and what realizations helped with that? Vampires. Vampires are the people who come into your world and they just want to eat up your time and take all that they can from you and leave nothing behind. I've gotten really good at discerning who is a vampire and who comes bringing gifts. And I want mutually beneficial relationships around me. Jerome, my last question for you. What's the best piece of advice that you tend to offer others most often? <laughs> I, I would go back to the same piece of advice that I was given. I'm not super original, right? Your dream should be real. Your dreams should absolutely be real. And then I add on, you just have to be willing to pay the price of admission. Mm-hmm. And finally, what's it mean to live a life of abundance? Being able to positively impact the lives of others. So true. So true. Well, Jerome, again, thank you for so much for being on the show. Again, people can find you at JeromeMyers.co. Where can people find you on the socials? Yeah, on LinkedIn, Jerome Myers, and I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. All right. Thank you, sir. All the best. So there you guys have it. You know, as I've become more familiar with Jerome and and after this recording, you know, I've realized how deep his network is with really awesome, amazing people. And so to make sure you connect with him on LinkedIn, I think at this point he has like 11,000 some followers. Because of that, I'm sure you're going to be traveling down the Super Connector Highway in no time if you connect with them. Uh, You know, in fact, feel free to reach out to me and I'll actually share you how I've been doing that myself this last year. I think I've added at this point over, shoot, I don't know, maybe 500 really great connections this past year and just, you know, go into virtual uh, networking events and things like that. And I'm sure that Jerome does his fair share as well. Uh, That said, if you've been considering getting into the real estate investing world or simply want to learn more about Jerome himself, 
I have you covered there as well. In today's show note extras, I have a couple of great conversations for you featuring Jerome, uh, really just talking about a few things that we we discussed today. Uh, First, I was able to find a short video of Jerome talking about the topic of forgiveness. And, you know, to me, this is an important topic because listening and internalizing what others have done to you can actually prevent you from, from moving forward. I think this is something we don't touch all that much in in the conversation today uh, that that really keeps people from embracing themselves more often, really. Also in the conversation, we talked about Jerome's podcast, Dreamcatchers. So after the the first video, we have another conversation with a guy by the name of James Bryant. And in that particular chat, they're going over even further into this, uh, the, the topic about being you. And if you like what James has to say in his chat, there's plenty more of him on uh, Jerome's Dreamcatcher YouTube channel. Next, we have a discussion between Nicole Stoller and Jerome. And in this chat, they're talking about the power of network. And guys, if again, if there's something that I learned how to do more effectively and more efficiently in this particular season of the show and really in 2020, now 2021, it was networking. So make sure you listen to this conversation. And then finally, I wrap up this session with Jerome being interviewed by Ryan Hamrick on the RPOA Real Estate Investor Podcast. You know, this was a great conversation to listen to if you want to know more about Jerome, uh, the the real estate investor. Uh, Lots of great stuff to wrap this conversation with Jerome up, which you can find via the show notes at newinceptions.com slash one. 98. So that is a wrap for session 198. If today's conversation was inspiration to you, uh, I'm glad we were able to help. If you want to take it to the next level, check out my resource, Uncover Your Personal Mission at newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. And in it, you can get on your merry way today. So with that said, thanks for spending some time with Jerome, Andy, and me today. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions on Twitter at New Inceptions, Instagram at New.Inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.